I'm glad we're not sick this morning. I know I understand this. I was telling the guys in the office earlier that, you know, Yahweh never said we wouldn't go through stuff. But he said he'd be right there with us in the midst of those things. It was a couple of months ago that I began to re-again teach the foundational principle number two, faith toward God. And I was talking to you about developing faith of those things that are not seen. And I've taught you that there's three kinds of faith. Number one is being faithful kind of faith. Faithfulness. House number one, two, and three. Next type of faith is the faith. Gospel which much must be believed in order to receive immortality. We spent a long time on that. Wouldn't you agree? Years. I want to revisit this faith toward God. Faith which is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things that's not seen. It's always baffled people. And so usually what happens, we begin in a, our walk of faith as something that is by the Spirit and by faith. And we're all excited and we do it. Pretty soon, the blessings of God come. And you start getting a little bit out of that realm. And what happens to us is this. Are you listening? We get back in the flesh. We begin to work in the flesh again. So then what happens to us? We wind up with nervous conditions and stress. We can't sleep. We lose all the stuff that we had that are important, the important things of life. So one of the first levels of faith that I was hoping to help you get to was the level of faith that speaks upon this way. I have faith that I'm going to get through this. Hello? I have faith that I'm going to get through this. That's the first level of faith that I was hoping to develop in you. One of the things that happened when I, when I got COVID, you know, uh, I tell people, Bevy got COVID. She just had like a little head cold, little sniffles and stuff. I got it. Man, it put me down. I mean, I lost 20 pounds. I was, and uh, I mean, I don't know that I've recovered all my strength yet. You know, I wouldn't know because after heart surgery, you know, I, it kind of crossed its path there. But I wanted... And I was hoping that I could be some kind of example to you of how a man of faith walks through the valley of the shadow of death and fears no evil. For he knows that Yahweh is with him. And his rod and his staff comforts him. And he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anointeth my head with oil, my cup runs over in the middle of your adversity. Because faith is for the middle of adversity, not to bail you out every time, but to see you through. you hear me? Not to bail you out, but to see you through because the fact is, this old flesh and this system is, we, we all have this dying aspect. And my heart was for you to learn how to get through your adversities with peace and joy. Not, not that you enjoy the trip and you would rather be somewhere else, but you have confidence in knowing. Not just, see, I know a lot of people that believe in healing. Also, everybody I, believe, I know believes that God can do miracles and, and believe in healing, but they don't know how to bring it into their realm and appropriate it. The end result's all that matters in anything in life. Don't you agree? It's not how you start anything, it's how you finish. A race that we're running now isn't how we start it or even the race that we're running in the middle of it. But we have to have the faith to get through to the finish line. And I, I'm afraid that most people don't really have faith 
in God or toward God. Even though we go through our religious exercises and we you know, may say this and may say that, we haven't yet allowed the Word of God to become flesh and dwell among us to where we're doers of the Word, not hearers only. Because many people believe in their head, but they don't believe enough to do it and it to change the way they live. Therefore, they don't get the result of the power of faith. This morning, I'm going to talk about a subject, but I wanted to reiterate a couple of things that I've said in the past few weeks, and that is, number one, you know, places are special. I do, I do not have the luxury or the right or even the desire, really, but I can go nowhere else and live because this is where God's called me to be. And this is where He's planted me, and this is where I'm rooted and grounded, and this is where I have the ability to bear fruit that remains. I could maybe go to California, or, but I don't want to. I have a granddaughter. Debbie says she got this from me. I don't know. But we tell her, no. She said, but I want to. But I want to. But I want to. You can't do that. But I want to. Now, I'm, I don't want to move to California. I don't, I don't want to go to New York. I kind of like Florida. You know, it's funny because people come to Florida and complain about it's hot. It's the sunshine state. Dummy. I know that there's places that I could go and maybe have prosperity in the sense of, a, of natural, maybe this or that or whatever that may seem like better or greater than this, but this is my portion and this is where God blessed me exceeding abundantly above all I could ask or think because of the faith that I know and the obedience of that faith to be where God's called me to be. You, if you're not in the right place at the right time, you won't get the right things. You hear me? Yahweh cares about places. I can go through the scriptures, man, and name this place this, name this this, have this, you're going to be there. He had divinely appoints specific things to happen at chosen locations, and they won't happen anywhere else. You can't be somewhere else and it happen if God's going to be doing something at a chosen location. When we gather, God's trying to do something here. And this is what I've learned, and I think, as I've been telling us, we need to ask Yahweh to awaken every seed that we've planted. And then I amended that and said every good seed. Because there's some seeds I've planted in my life I don't want Him to awaken. I want them to stay dead and bear no fruit. Amen? I found that the greatest harvest that I will ever bear is when I plant myself. And I bear fruit like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth its fruit in due season. And then I shall not be moved. And I am in this place that God's chosen for me. It's a special place. It's the place of my, that He chose for me. It's a place that He blesses me. It's where I get rooted. And all of a sudden, guess what I do? Guess what a tree does? It bears fruit. And guess what that fruit has inside of it? More seed. More seed. I tell people this, you need to decide who your apostle is, who your spiritual father is, who the man of God in your life is, who, what your, who, uh, and who your ecclesia is, and get joined there, and get, get your roots, let them go deep. Stay in that place, that location, it's where Yahweh's going to deliver everything He has for you, and stop abandoning the seeds that you planted, and this is what I, this is what I, a word that I understand better today. Stop pulling up roots. People pulling up roots all the time. I'm going to go here. I'm gonna, we're pulling up roots. Have you ever heard that saying? 
Come, you're moving? Yeah, pulling up roots. Everything, everything, including Yeshua, began as a seed. And I'm trying to teach you and get it down in your very spirit and the gut, your heart and mind. In Galatians 6, 3.16, the Bible says, Now the promises were spoken to Abraham, and guess who else they were spoken to? His seed. Think about that. Talking to seeds. The promises of Yahweh were spoken to that seed. And I want to tell you what, we also have to speak the promises over all the seeds that we've sown. I thank Yahweh today, and I praise Yahweh today. And I know that He's going to bless me with a sweet return for all of my bitter tears. I've sown in tears, but I know I will reap in joy. I said I will reap in joy. I know by faith. My tongue will be filled with laughter and my tongue with singing. A mouth filled with laughter and tongue with singing. For at harvest time, I shall come rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. The harvest, a rejoicing of what we have sown in sorrow. God, God, He blesses us and gives us a harvest of joy and abundance. Would you say this? I declare every bill paid. I declare every need met. I declare every debt removed with more than enough left over. Let me tell you all something. Faith is not timid. Somebody who's not confident is timid. A confident person is loud. You mumble stuff, you know, you're like, what would you say? I didn't say nothing. Chicken. Chicken. You ever done that to somebody? Chicken. Faith is loud. Faith is bold. Faith is confident. When Yahshua spoke to Lazarus to come out of the tomb, he didn't say, huh? Lazarus, come out. What? What did, you, what, what did, what did Yahshua say? What did Yahshua, I don't know. He's mumbling something over there. You know, he shouted to a dead seed, and it came forth. I'm going to tell you what. Those that are dead in Christ and in the graves, you know what's going to wake them up? With the shout of the archangel. Archangel ain't come down and say, Okay, boys, it's time to come up now. Because he's, he's afraid it won't happen. No, faith is confident, it's loud, it's bold. Now I want us to say this today. This is what we've been doing. I'm doing it a little later because I want other people that are watching who are joined to me and who give their tithe here, even if their butt can't be here, who, who really are into what we're doing here and what God's saying, and they feel part. This is what I want us to do. No different than Jacob. When he wrestled with the Elohim, the angel of the Lord, the angel in the form of a man came, and he wrestled with it, and he said this, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. And I want you to lift your hands up right now and say, Yahweh, I'm, you might as well bless me because I ain't letting you go till you do. And, and, and say it with faith. Don't say it with timidity. Don't say it like you're afraid to say it because it may not happen and make you look bad. You can't look any better than broke. You can't look any better than sick. Bless me. Bless me, Yahweh. Hallelujah. Man, I tell you, one time I was at church years ago, I was getting ready to preach. I was in the back room, and right before I went out to preach, one of the guys in church said, are you okay? I said, yeah, why? You don't look good. I'm like, sick makes you look bad. I tell you what, it kind of knocked the wind out of me for a minute. Then I remember how good looking I was, and I knew he was an idiot. But, but I, was like, 
Hey, you want to be fed today? Are you hungry for faith? Are you hungry for truth? How many of you are hungry for that bread of life, that manna hot off the griddle? These words that I'm speaking are light and they're life. If you'll take heed to it this morning, you'll be able to, when adversity comes, and when sickness comes, and when your finances seem to tank, and your children are acting rebellious or sick, you know how to speak to that mountain and cause it to move and be cast into sea and get out of your way. He's given us the abilities to move mountains. That's why I say, say, speak to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Don't just think about it all the time. Say it and don't pray it. Just pray it. Because many times, what's well, this what we do? We pray and ask God to do something that he's told you to do. You hear what I just said? We want God to do it, and God's told you to do it. Look, this, this is how you do it. This is the way it works. This is what I do. This is how it is. This is how I've chosen to work it. And that's why I believe the things that I believe, because God chose it. I didn't. I'm going to talk about a subject when it comes to faith and believing God that gets people to, to slow down and cause them to doubt. I titled this, Things That Be Not. Things That Be Not. And I don't think there's any more subject that's more important to us today than to learn how to, this Bible principle of calling things that are not. It's a simple subject, and it's really controversial for many reasons, and many people misunderstand it when I tell them to speak of those things that be not as though they were. And what I'm asking you today is open your mind and open your heart and I want you to have a desire to know and understand God's methods. And I believe, believe you, you're ready to receive this word today. Some people just can't get it because of their religious background, their social background, their, the way they were raised, you know, their, their familial background and what their daddy, mama treated them. And they never got over that. And, and it's also people who think they're, they have wisdom when they are logical. How many of you love good common sense? But the fact is, sometimes being logical and having common sense is contrary to the spiritual unseen world. And will rob you, but we just give credit. And listen, I, I hope there's more common sense in the world today. I think we could use a little bit. But I'd like for you to make a decision today on this subject. But I don't, if I can't see it, I, can't, I won't believe it. Then you will get nothing from God. It's just how it is. The gospel that I've preached to you and the gospel preached to the apostles, luckily, or thankfully, I can prove everything that I preach with the scriptures and with history. And most people accept what I say based on Google more than they do goggle. They take it, well, that makes sense. They accept it because it makes sense. The number one response I've had to the gospel of the kingdom that I preach is, man, that makes total sense. But if you're going to get into the land that we're wanting to get to and to bring heaven to, to us, I want to tell you what, it ain't going to make sense. Do you hear me? And a lot of people falter it because they, they have pride in the fact, well, I don't look, I don't believe it. You ain't going to uh, tinkle on my neck and try to tell me it's raining. Okay. This is something that I learned. I started learning at 20 years old. I remember laying into in the... I rented a house with two of my buddies, and, and I remember laying in the floor of the hallway with a concordance and learning the word faith. 
in the Greek. That's when I first started getting into wanting to know what the I was hungry. And I started studying faith. I want you to prayerfully hear me. Because I'm dedicating this time right now to your freedom and to your success spiritually, physically, and financially. Here's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, 27, and 28. For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Not called to the ministry. Remember, many are called, but few are chosen. But not many of the men after the flesh, the wise men after the flesh, mighty or noble, aren't called. That makes me feel bad. <laughs> Watch this. But God hath chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. He has chosen the foolish things of the world. Here we are. To confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound them that are mighty. And the base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that they are. He's going to bring to naught the things that are by things that are not. Joe, hear what he just said. Things that are, what are you talking about, Johnny? Sickness, poverty, depression, negativity, uh, relational problems. All these problems that are, it's going to be things that be not that will bring those things to naught. Did y'all hear what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? I'm going to tell you, this is the way of, the, of Yahweh. It's the kingdom way. It's the God way. It's the creation way. Many people will read that scripture a hundred times and still, not real, still really not even get a hold of it. This is how Yahweh operates of using things that are not manifest, which means this. Things you cannot see with the natural eye. You can't touch it. You can't feel it. You can't smell it. You can't see it. You can't. What are there's five of them, right? Taste it. He operates that way. The word naught means this. Zero. <laughs> he brings the things to zero by things that we can't see. It means to reduce to nothing the things that are manifest. God's going to bring things that are manifested in your life that are against you to zero. And that make them no longer exist. But he's going to do them with things that be not. Are you hearing me? This is good news. It's what God chose. It's what I chose. After I found out that's what God chose, He could have done it any way He wanted. He could have done it like Walt Disney, bippity boppity boo. He didn't do it that way. He could have done it by magic, but He don't do it that way. This is the way. He chose to use things that are not manifest. He chose these spiritual forces that you can't see, feel, taste, smell, or hear to bring to naught those things that are manifest. Reduce to naught those things that are contrary to and not in agreement with the word of truth. Y'all hear me today? If you have a problem and you can see it, then that's the natural realm. As long as you can see it, you can use your faith and the word of God to change it. Listen to what this scripture says. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And I'm just for the sake of time, jump to 17 and 18. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. 
We also believe and therefore speak. That's what I've been trying to talk about. We believe in our heart and we confess out in our mouth. Can I tell you all this? You can't even be begotten of God without that principle. You have to believe in your heart and confess in your mouth. The word of faith is nigh thee even in thy heart and in thy mouth. It's the principle of the whole shebang of, of being reconciled back to God and be regenerated and ultimately coming to the end of that which of, of the seed planted, and that is uh, immortality. He goes on and says this, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, I tell you, I'm going to stop there just a minute. You know, I hope in heart surgery was a pretty big deal. Stop your heart, cut a hole in it, and start replacing stuff. I can hardly remember it. It's like it's almost a dream now. I don't remember. You know, I kind of remember. I was kind of like, I remember when I couldn't even hardly get up off the bed, or it was hurt to walk. And I can't, it, the light affliction is just for a moment, because I ain't feeling it today. You know, hear what I just said. Dawn and the rising of the sun isn't that far away from our dark night that we're in. He says, but our light of fiction, which is only for a moment, worketh for us as a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but as the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen, those things that be not, not seen, are eternal. This is only temporary. Your problem is only temporary when the eternal comes and brings it to naught, to zero, and causes it to no longer exist. I want to tell you what. Some of you have seen and tasted the unseen realm a little bit. I think one of the easiest ways to have faith, and I've tried to teach people this, they're still chicken, still scared, still don't have faith, and that is with your money. Try to push you up there a little bit. Push you. Jump. Jump. Take the nest plunge. You know, go. Go. I've tried to push you off, kick you off. Man, some of y'all got a grip like something I ain't never seen in my life. Y'all hanging on for dear life. Y'all hang on to thin air, and, and you can't push somebody off the faith cliff. They ain't going to fall off or nothing. They're like, they're like that show, uh, The Matrix. When I push them off the faith cliff, they go all the way back, Joel, all the way back, but they come back up. No faith. Try to develop that faith because that unseen realm, guys, is the place of power. It's the place of everything that God has promised you. That's where all that stuff is. And you have to learn to bring it into this realm. But you can't do it when you don't even believe that God exists and they rewards those that diligently seek him. And understand that faith is the substance of things that you're hoping for. And it's the evidence of what? Those unseen things. I know when I start talking like this, people say, Johnny, I just think. This, I, I had this conversation with a man, and he was standing there, and he was wearing a mask. He was six feet in me. I respect that. Because I taught you last week that, that you can only use the limit of your faith. You can't use more faith than you got. And I've done a lot of things that didn't get things accomplished because I didn't have enough faith to get me there, just like if I didn't have enough gas to get me there. But I used the limit of my faith, and I'm not afraid to try to use the limit, hoping that I've grown some, and it'll get me past a little bit more. This guy was talking to me about, you know, I was talking to him about faith and unseen things and all this. Now, he got, he got his, 
vaccination, which, man, I think whatever people want to do to protect themselves from COVID, I, man, I, I bless them in doing it. They want to wear a mask. I don't care. They want to wear an astronaut suit. I don't blame them if that's where they are. But this is the issue. He wanted to have an, a conversation with me about the, the legitimacy of the unseen world. And was trying to tell me that it was illogical and it was foolish and it was uh, superstitious for me to believe and have faith in something that I can't see. I say, well, I don't think it's any different than you having fear over something you can't see. Yeah. He said, huh? I said, I don't see COVID. You see COVID? No, I don't see it. But you sure are afraid of it. I tell you what, I don't see the things God has for me, but I sure have faith for it. You think I'm just going to say, well, I don't see it, so I'm not going to try to get it? Huh? You think I'm just going to sit here? Well, I can't see it. And God says it's there. The unseen is governed by God's eternal principles. And here's the principle that God has ordained. He used it through the whole Bible from the beginning to the end, from Genesis to Revelation. It's the principle that Yahshua used in all of his ministry and everything he did. And it's the principle of calling things that are not as though they were. Remember what he said to Lazarus? Oh, he ain't dead. What do you mean he ain't dead? He's dead. No, he's just asleep. He was speaking things that were not as though they were. He gets up to the tomb. He gets there. And what really ticked him off is when they first told him about it, Yeshua didn't go running to him. He said, I'll be there. I'll, I'll, I'm coming. So he gets there. They had all these professional mourners there. You know, if you, you could pay people to cry for you. You know, oh, like you're a great guy. And Yeshua said a couple of things. He said, Father, I know. Listen to me, that thou hast already heard me. Why? Because he's been speaking to that mountain probably all the way there. He's been speaking about that, no, he's not dead, he's alive. I, he speak, because remember, I told you that Yahshua talks to stuff. And things that were made by the spoken word will respond to the spoken word. Things that are created by the spoken word will react to the spoken word. Y'all hear what I just said? Everything is created by a spoken word and those things that matter. We talked about it, the molecules and the atoms last week. I got scientific with you. And I was telling you how those things, those structures have, have, were created and is set in order by that spoken word and they will respond. Yeshua spoke to trees. You ever had somebody speak their plants before? Well, it's scriptural. Yeshua spoke to a fig tree. He talked about speaking to a mountain. Let me tell you what else he did. Listen to me. He spoke to dead people. He spoke. But he didn't just one day get up and say, I command you. No. He'd been confessing that. Yahweh, you've already heard me. I know you've already heard me. I've already bound on earth so you would bind it in heaven. I've already loosed it on earth with what I say, so it would be loosed from heaven. So he gets there, and you know the story. He didn't whisper it. He, he, with confidence and boldness, said, Lazarus, come forth. I'm sure Peter and John was embarrassed. Oh, Lord. He's already stinking, they said. When you start acting like you got faith, you're going to embarrass people around you. They're going to think you're out of your mind. But you know what you're going to tell them? <laughs> no, I'm out of your mind. 
People are going to get embarrassed. I mean, some people get embarrassed when, when you pray at the table. Especially when you stand up and say, to the king, hallelujah. Don't shh me. God's already heard me. Listen to this. Paul, Yeshua did it. Paul did it. Everybody in the Bible did it. It's just the way God did it. And, and Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Talk about Abraham. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickened the dead. And he's telling you an attribute about how God, who God is and how he does it. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. He gives life to the dead, whether it's a seed, a relationship, a body, whatever it may be. And he calleth those things which be as not as though they were. Yahweh calls that things that are not manifest yet as if they were. Now, if that's stupid to you, then you're saying God's stupid. I think you are. I don't think God is more stupid than we are. I think he's smarter than us. 1 Corinthians 1, 28. God has chosen the things which are not to bring to naught things that are. It's God's method. What? He chose things that are not to bring things that are to a zero. Is that, am I making that clear? Yes, no. You have to learn to call things that are not. Hello? Hello, things that are not? I don't think anybody here has a problem with how to call. Matter of fact, probably right in your pocket now, in your pocketbook or some way, everybody got phones. And y'all are on them 24-7. We look at them all the time. Oh, what would we do without a phone, my God? See, people at table dinner, they're all watching, looking at their phones. So calling shouldn't be a problem. For us to practice calling for eternal forces, the forces that put to naught things that are seen. I want to call in the Calvary. Remember that song? I want to call in those forces, those things, those provisions, that healing, whatever it is I need to put to naught the things that are deficits in my life. Do you? I said, do you? I want it bad. Paul said that we should overcome evil with good. There's something in the natural and something in the spiritual. What are we doing? Good will bring to naught evil. You can overcome evil with what? Good. Y'all see how it works? When you start about calling things that are not as though they were, and this is the, one of the main points I want you to hear today, because I think this grabs people and it discourages them from grabbing a hold of what I'm preaching. When, we, when I start talking about, and you start talking about calling things that are not as though they were, most people try to deny the things that is existing. You ever heard them do it? Christian science believe that. Oh, that's not there. Oh, it's not there. That don't exist. That don't exist. Years ago, I was a young man, and I had a buddy, and he and I were, went to look at an apartment together, and, and uh, we went up to this man's house, and this man had a huge cancer on the side of his nose. I mean, it was putrid. It was, I don't, it was just bad, let me just say that. We walk in there, and it was hard to even look at him. It was a good deal on this apartment, you know what I'm saying? So we're like talking to this guy, and, and so we said, uh, we'll minister to him. I mean, I'd lay hands on a duck back then. I don't care. I'd lay hands on everything. 
chickens, ducks, dogs. I'd, I'd lay hands on everything. So he told me he was Christian science. Mary Baker Eddy, if you don't know them. And we have, there is like mind over matter. You get your mind right. You, you, desire, you, you say and you convince yourself that that's not there anymore. It's part of the, what their healing believe. Part of it. Some believe that confessing the answer of faith in faith is denying the things that exist. I don't believe that. I don't believe. But a lot of people say, well, I'm not going to say I'm, not, I'm, I'm sick. I'm not sick. I'm not going to say I don't have COVID or I don't have cancer or I don't have what it may be or that I'm not broke. I am broke. Here's the problem. I'm not, I'm not saying that we deny the facts of what exists. I'm saying let's bring into uh, those things that we can't see to bring the things that do exist to naught. Otherwise, we don't need it if they don't exist. So I don't want to lie about it. I'm, and that's what people say. Well, that's a lie. They do exist. Yes. But confessing and proclaiming the answer is not denying that something exists or doesn't exist. It's the calling things that are not as though they were. It's speaking to the mountain. When I, when I pray, and I've really, I've really elevated this in my life, in my relationship with my wife and, and with other people and my daily thing of, of speaking. I mean, I, I've always done it, but I'm really, I'm really turning up the heat here to speak so her body can hear. And when somebody, I want, the, I want people's bodies, their very atomic structures, to hear the Word of God. The spoken Word that created it, for them to, resp it to respond to the very sp same spoken Word of faith that what brought them into existence from, no from nothing will, will bring them back in line with the, with the uh, plan and purpose and will of God. And I want to tell you something. Bottom line is, it is not God's will for us to be sick. And it's not God's will for us to be broke. But I will tell you this, you can get your well done sick and broke. Did y'all hear what I just said? You hear me? You can get your well done sick and broke. There's a big difference between calling things that are not as though they were. And calling things that are as though they are not. God's method is to call things that are not. I'm calling them that are not. I'm sick. Healing is not, is what is not. True? I'm calling things that's not. What's not? What is not? If I'm calling something that's not, well, the fact is I'm sick. So I'm calling that which is healing to what I have. I'm not healed, so that not is what I'm calling. He calls them into manifestation. It's creative. And when, we do, when he did that, he nullifies the problem that exists. Basic example. In the beginning, it was dark. That's the problem. So Yahshua calls those, called those things that were not. What was it not? It was not light. It was dark. So what did he call to bring to naught the problem? Light. And guess what light does to darkness? It brings it to zero. Did that make sense? I said, did that make sense? That's how this works. It's just that simple. The only thing that's not simple about it is when we, we have allowed the cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things to choke out what we really 
have that word in us to really have faith and believe. You're sick. You're not going to deny you're sick. Yahshua didn't say, oh, it's not dark. It's not dark. I know it's not dark. And somehow magically trying to make that happen. He, know, he said, no, I'm going to call something that isn't and take care of that which is. If you're sick, you, you're not going to deny you're sick. If you're broke, you're not going to deny you're broke. But what you've got to be careful about, and this is what happens, you don't always want to be confessing that you're sick, and you don't always want to be confessing, poor old me, I'm broke. I've told many people this who whine and complain about their tithe. I'm like, keep it, oh my God. I'd rather not even receive it if I have to listen to your whining all the time. It's not worth it to me. Your tithe ain't enough money for me to hear to your whining all the time. And you're complaining about God. I tell you what, if it was $1,000 a week tithe, it ain't enough to listen to that negative faith because it's, it will affect me if I listen to it long enough. I believe God is able. God's doing it. He will do it. But he's, he's looking to me to activate and do things his way, to plant seed and do it, operate that, to change things that are. But I definitely... I'm not going to say they don't exist, but I'm not going to dwell on it and claim that for me or say it for me or speak that junk over me. Because what you say is what you are. Faith comes by hearing, and you can have faith and believe that you're a piece of crap if you say it long enough. Or that your husband ain't good enough, or your wife ain't good enough, or your job ain't good enough, and you can't make it. I want to tell you what, when you, get, when you, when you plant yourself, Nothing can stop you from bringing forth seed. Nothing. If you're in the right place. The difference between a lie and a confession is confession is a method and my profession and my spoken word of faith is calling things that are not as though they were. If I'm sick, this is what I say. And this is what I, I prophesy a lot. Hang on a minute. I laid this little principle down the other, other week. That the Bible says that Yahshua became poor, that we might become rich. I've never heard anybody, I mean, people got mad at me for saying that. Why would you not want that? Why would you not? And then, you know, and I always tell people this, you talk about money all the time. I say, well, that's all you do with your life. You spend 40 and 50 and 60 hours a week out there trying to get it. Don't be a hypocrite when I talk about it. I'm trying to get you blessed. I want you to know that what Yeshua paid for, we want it. I don't want what he has done for me to be done in vain. I'm not trying to get rich. I'm not, I'm not trying, if I try to be rich, I'd probably be playing the lottery or, or I'll sue somebody. Slip down in Publix. Falling, I can't get up. Fall, Morgan and Morgan. I'll tell you what I say, and I speak this over people that I love, and I do it every day. You heard what I just said? This is a daily thing. You do it one time, you walk, want to walk up there and raise the dead first time, and you ain't even prayed, you don't believe, you ain't, you, he hadn't heard you already. Because he don't talk. What he hears from you and me is stuff that we don't need to be saying. Doubt and unbelief and, you know, never work, negative, you know, she's so good looking and she ain't your wife. And you know what I'm saying? I'm healed by the stripes of Yahshua. He was wounded for my transgressions. Y'all believe that, don't you? You believe he was wounded for your sin? That's where we stop. He was bruised for our iniquities. Okay, that's transgressions and iniquities. Okay. Surely he has borne our sorrow and griefs. 
That one we ain't really got to yet. That Yahshua has carried already the things that bring us grief and sorrow and sadness. And that we, cannot, we don't have to let that Lord over us. And by His stripes, we are healed. I think it's safe for me to say, if you, if you don't believe all that verse, then you don't believe any of it. Oh yeah, I believe I'm saved. I believe I've got faith for that. I believe He died on the cross and He paid for my sins. Oh really? Well, why, why can't you believe that He paid for your healing? The same way. And I can talk about our finances. I can talk about all those kind of things. But I say, and I declare it every day. Every day. Every day. The infirmities that I have, I pray over every day. I lay hands on it every day. Every day, every day, every day. Knock, knock, knock. Ask, ask, ask. Seek, seek, seek. Find, find, find. Yahshua bought my healing. I'm calling my body. Body, you are well and healthy in Yahshua's name. What is not, I say is. Because God said it. And let every man be a lie. Do I say this pain don't exist? No, I didn't say that. I can tell you one thing. I had COVID real bad. Here I am. Healed. You know what God told me? Well, I, 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 that could happen anyway. Well, a lot of people didn't, they didn't get healed. Hey, a lot of people ain't getting healed from COVID. I did. Because I prayed it. Well, it probably would have happened anyhow. Well, who wants to take that chance? Huh? Why well, take the chance? I'm just saying, here I am. And when I had the heart surgery, guess what my surgeon said? He told my family this. He didn't say it in front of me. If he did, Linda, I think he told Linda. He, that, doctor, that doctor said, I do not know how he lived through COVID because of my heart. Here I am. I want to tell you what I believe. Till God's done with us, nothing can kill us. You know, like Joel said, you can't go you know, laying on a railroad track and say, well, Yahweh said, I'm, you know, Johnny said, nothing can kill me without, you know, and, you know, that's not what I'm saying. Many other afflictions of the righteous. I said, Benny, quit blaming God for stuff that you would have gone through anyhow, and if it wasn't for him, you would have never made it through. And he did it just, just sometimes, you know, God just, what they saw, what's the saying about, you know, God loves some, something in fools. But a fool said there's, in his heart, there says no God. Sometimes God's just merciful. Sometimes we just, man, we just get to a point to where God just, we get, we get through it with our own bodies, natural laws and all that. I'm looking to get beyond natural laws. Because natural laws are heavy. It's heavy. Worry. What am I going to do? I got it out. Now what's going to happen to me? I got COVID. I'm going to get it again. Or I had a heart trouble. What's happening? Oh, what's that? What is that? I felt a flutter. Oh, that must be, you know, man, you get, you get those Thoughts. When you have heart surgery, you're like, oh, oh. And it's just gas. And God heals you. <laughs> I call my body well. I ain't denying the sickness. I'm denying it's right to exist in my body. I deny it's right to exist with bad relationships and unforgiveness. And, and I don't have peace. I have worry. I, I deny its access. You do not have the right to be in my body. Worry. I have blood pressure. I speak to high blood pressure. See, I still haven't learned. I call it my high blood pressure. Oh, how is, how is your high blood pressure? Well, it's still yours. 
We need to quit saying those things because it's a mentality that we have. I'm calling health, healing, blessing, peace, joy. I'm calling those things that be not to come and bring not to sickness, poverty, and worry, and fear. I call faith that be not to fear, that it brings fear to naught. No matter what you're going through and how big the storm is, you can sleep in the middle of the boat, at the bottom of the boat, with Yeshua. You can just rest. That's how God does things. It's His method. Years ago, I had this lady said, you're just trying to act like God. I said, thank you very much. Thank you very much. I did my Elvis impression. I sure rather act like God than a sinner. At least she didn't accuse me of saying, hey, you're, you're trying to act like a Christian, but you're acting like a sinner. She said, you're trying to act like God. I am acting like God. Saying what God said about me. What he said I could have. And I'd rather be like that than unbelievers who are acting like unbelievers. Or people say they're Christians who are acting like unbelievers. Can you all hear me today? I'm, I'm really, this is really big in my heart. If you're always speaking doubt and unbelief, i got to tell you, you're never going to get anything that be not. You're gonna, it's just going to stay the way it is. Always doubt and unbelief. And I tell you what, I found out. I found out as far as God goes, when doubt is always a liar. Because it says, it calls God a liar. And his word a liar. Even when there's no hope. I don't say, oh, there's no hope. But I go to God's word. And that place and I call and give me some hope. Because to come and bring to naught no hope. Well, Abraham was something. The Bible says when there was no hope, Abraham believed in hope. Now, I know a lot of people. And they're, they're using they're using. You know, uh, Hebrew terminology, Adonai, you know, Elohim, you know, Yahweh, and all. And it's got kind of popular now to do that. It's, it's like a, a con man who used medical terms to sell his famous elixir, snake oil. But he'll have medical terms to convince you. So the, these guys are using these terms. And, and I think it's great for learning Hebrew and all like that. But... The issue is they make themselves sons of Moses. And that's why I hadn't turned to Judaism or Messianic Jew or nothing like that. Because I'm not a son of Moses. That's why I can still eat ribs and shrimp. And wear clothing that has mixed linen and wool. You can do those things that the Levitical, because the Bible says if you don't fulfill all of that law, you're guilty. If you, if you don't fulfill even one thing, then you're guilty of all of it. That's under the Levitical Mosaic law. I'm not under that. I believe in the law of God, the one that runs through all the scriptures and all the covenants of God. But I just wanted to throw that in today. I, I think that was maybe for somebody that was listening. And so that's uh, something I wanted to say. I am a son of Abraham, of faith. He took God's word for his hope. In other words, he, he took what God's word, it was the evidence of things that he couldn't see. So his hope was in what he couldn't see. 
He began to say what God said about him. God said, I'm going to change your name from Abram to Abraham, and it is the father of many nations, is what it means. So I, he began to say about what God said about him. God, listen to this, man. It's a great idea. God forced Abraham into saying what was not to change his name to mean what was not. Y'all hear me? Tell you what. If, I want you to really understand what I'm saying today. Put my heel on the serpent's head. I want you all to understand what I'm saying today. Yahweh gave Abraham a name to force him to respond to what he was believing that God said that was not. Let me tell you what I mean. God forced him to change his name. He knows that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, what? Those things that are not. So he changed his name from Abram to Abraham. So when he introduced that people, he woke up there, he, how you doing, what's your name? My name is Abraham. Guess what? What he's saying is this. My name is father of many nations. There was the hope of things that could not be seen, that God made him say it every time he introduced himself. Anytime anybody asked him his name, he had to declare the things that were not. I love that. I'm trying to find something I put on here. Where did I put that? It said, uh, the word of God concerning Abraham, you're the father of many nations. But he wasn't, he was not the father of many nations. But yet, what was he saying? I am the father of many nations. But guess what? He was not the father of many nations. But guess what he said? I am the father of many nations. Well, guess what? This, this is... And this be not. But he knew that by faith, what was not would come and wipe out that which was. Yeah, I'm busy here. The word of God concerning Abraham, the fulfillment of the will of God in his life, was this. You're the father of many nations. But he wasn't the father of many nations. But God said he was. What was God doing? Calling for it. God taught Abraham to say what he said by changing his name from Abram to Abraham. Where did I put that? Oh, here, I got it on here. I just ain't got to it yet. What do you say? Uh, scripture's there. I'll give it to you later. Listen to this. Zechariah. God spoke to Zechariah. He had a different reaction than Abraham. Are y'all getting this today? Huh? I'm feeding you good today. The angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And Zechariah said to the angels, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. Listen, you see what he did? I'm not. I don't have it. I'm old. She's old. How am I going to know if it's true or not? And the angel answered said to him, I'm Gabriel. That stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show you these glad tidings. And behold, what I'm going to have to do to your unbelieving, doubting butt. Because I need this to be said and I don't need this, I need this to not be said. I'm going to make you dumb 
and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words which shall be fulfilled in their season, and you're going to screw it all up with your big, fat, doubting, unbelieving, logical mind, Zacharias. Did that make sense? He said, look, you, I'm just going to... I'm going to tell you this, and what I'm going to have to do is just shut you up because you're going to screw this all up. Now we sent an angel to that garage to tell him that, when, that his prayers were answered, that his prayers were answered, that God gave him what he called out of nothing to fulfill that which was, which was barrenness and no children. And guess what? Now he said, you're going to have to give me a sign. He said, I'll give you a sign, all right. You're going to have to keep your mouth shut. Until this thing happens, because if not, you're going to keep it from happening. I wish God, an angel, would come and shut some of y'all's mouth. I'm, that's okay. I've already been working on my tongue. I'll give you a sign. God dealt with these two guys, Abraham and Zechariah. He, here was a man who was walking in doubt concerning what God said. So God said, if we don't get his mouth shut, this ain't ever going to happen. He'd been praying and praying. To bring this out of this. See, we think God's just going to come in here and just do it in spite of our unbelief and doubt in him. He's just going to do it anyhow because he loves me. That ain't why he's chosen. If he did it because he loved people, he, it would, he loves everybody. Even those that are going to be dead for eternity. So he said, I'm going to have to keep his mouth shut. God renamed Abraham he shut, he had to keep, he had to keep Zechariah from, from preventing it from happening with words. And he had to name, rename Abraham to get him to speak to make it happen. He had to say what God said about him and bring it about by his spoken words. I was thinking about this, it made me kind of laugh. Because they used to use names for the purpose. And I, everybody saw the movie Dances with Wolves. I'm dances with wolves, you know. Hey, Joel, I'm Chief Standing Bear. <laughs> I know. I was thinking about that. I'm I'm Running Bear. Mm, I'm me Running Bear. I don't know if that's I'm, that, you can't do that. Say talk like that anymore or not? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know how they're getting away with it, you know. But uh, See, I wish, I wish God would either shut our mouths or give us a new name. Hey, what's your name? I am blessed. Your name? I am blessed, Nell Grove. What, what's your name? I'm healed. And you just said it every time. You sign a check. I am healed. I am blessed. I am blessed. You sign off. You sign a contract. You introduce yourself. People say, hey, what's your name? You know, you got on the... Uh, you're on your car. I've seen people car tags, you know, I'm blessed. I go, hallelujah. If God changed your name to that and that's why you're doing it, you're forced to confess it every time you say your name. God chose this method, guys, of calling things that are not as though they were. Are we getting this today? Okay. People still misunderstand and deny what exists. I have, I've had a guy one time told me, he said, I'm going to deny I got emphysema. And I'm going to continue to confess that I don't have emphysema. I said, well, you got emphysema. And he said it like this. I don't have emphysema. 
So for us just to la, 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 it's not there, that's not the answer. God's answer is to call the thing that is not as though it were. That don't mean we deny what exists. All right, I'm about done here. This is another thing that you're going to struggle with, and I've heard people get, tell me this. Well, that's just a lie. It's just a lie. That's not true. What you're saying is not true. If you're going to apply God's principles over sickness that say, this is, it's like I said earlier, Yahweh, I thank you. Your word says I'm healed by the stripes of Yeshua. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law of sin and death, the curse of law of poverty, sickness, and spiritual death. Then I would quote 1 Peter 2.24 that says, I was healed by the stripes on Yeshua's back. Isaiah said, I am healed. Peter said, I was healed. I'm confessing those things. I'm declaring those things. I'm saying those in the name of Yeshua. It's causing faith to come. I'm calling my body well. Body, hey, are you listening to me? How many of you talk to yourself? I talk to myself all the time. Some dumb thoughts come. I'm like, shut up. Quit thinking that. No. And I do it the same way with my health. And I say it the same way with finances. I'm calling my body well. Body, you listening? Huh? I'm telling you that was created by the spoken word of faith. You have to respond. My atomic molecular structure has to respond to in the same process that created it. And I'm telling you, you are well in the name of Yeshua. As be healed. I tell you what, I used to want to be a doctor. I used to want to diagnose myself. I pray that the, the optical blood vessels will reconnect at a point. I mean, I used to do that. I mean, okay, you know, the, I want the backbone and the, to, to the top to the, the, what do they call that nerve back? The uh, sciatic nerve. I pray that the left rumbar number six, seven, twelve, or what, you know, I want to do that. I don't do that no more because I may get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be bad? Oh, did I say what? Oh, I've been saying that? My body, well, you said it. I'm telling you, you're well in the name of Yahshua, Johnny. You can see. You're high sight. I command you eyes to listen to, to those things that be not. I want them to replace those things that are. Can you hear me? We have power. Well, you're just lying because you still can't see too good. And you lying because you're still hurting. I know I'm hurting, you idiot. That's why I'm calling for the thing that is not to come and make me quit hurting. If I wasn't hurting, I wouldn't be calling for it. That's genius. Well, how can you say your body's well when you're sick? I think when I'm sick, when I'm broke, when I'm down, that's the more reason that I should say it. I'm calling for the thing that I ain't got. Can you hear me? That's why I'm doing it. Because I ain't got it. I got this. I don't want this. I want that. Now, if y'all have ever been to dinner with me, I like my steaks cooked a certain way. And I want to tell you, I'd rather bring out just, I tell them, I'd rather just bring it uncooked than to over, overcook it at all. I'm warning you, I don't want to be mean and all that, but I will send this back. How many of you know that? And I'm very adamant about that. But I'm more adamant about this. I'm more adamant that I would need to call for something. I'm calling it the thing I don't have. I'm saying it. If I don't have the right steak cooked, then guess what? I want that which is not that I can't see. It's back in that kitchen somewhere. 
I can't see it. I can't see who's cooking it. But I want it to come here and put that on my plate and take this one. And I don't care. They can throw it in the garbage if they want to. I don't want that one. I want this one. It's just the way I am. But more so about eternal things and the things in my life. I'm calling for that thing that I don't have. I don't have my steak cooked right. I'm calling for it. I'm calling it into manifestation. If it was already manifested, there was no need for us to call for it. I'm not trying to convince you I'm not sick or I'm not hurting. If I were, I would be lying. I'm not lying. There's a difference between lying and me calling for and confessing those things that are not because he said those things are what would bring this to naught. If we're going to be Bible believers, and I want to tell you, I am. If I try to convince you I already have something I don't have, it's a lie. But you hear me saying this. Thank God my body's well. I'm healed. I'm delivered. I'm free from sickness and disease. I'm calling my body well. You just heard me calling what? What God said, those things that be not. Well, I can't see it. So I don't believe it. It's obvious. There's people who good people, but they never will do it God's way. They're never going to tithe right. They're not going to first fruit offering right. They're not going to give offerings right. They're not going to talk right. They're not going to love right. They're not going to forgive right. They'll say all this kind of stuff, but they won't ever really just do it right. And then, and they will never be right. I'm not talking. I'm not lying to a person when I talk like that. Matter of fact, I'm not even talking to that person. You're lying. I ain't talking to you anyhow. What's it matter? He's already, y'all, Father, I know thou has already heard me. I'm speaking not to a person. I'm not saying it for your benefit, sir. I'm saying it for my benefit. Because I'm the one that's got this, but won't that to get this and get rid of that. I'd rather you not hear me because you're probably going to misunderstand me, sir, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't care if you hear me because I'm bold about it, I'm confident about it, and I ain't going to be timid about it or intimidated by an unbelieving fool. Amen? The principle that God chosen tells us to call for what is not in our lives, but most people, this is what they keep doing. Listen, they keep calling what is. I'm sick. I'm broke. It don't work. God, I had look at my bank account. Look at this. I don't have that. But that's because you are still in the natural, under natural laws. And look, you can make money under natural laws, can't you? You can get healed by doctors. You don't need God in the natural laws. I mean, with the natural laws. But we're finding out recently, even doctors can't help us. There's no guarantee. I'm going to say it like it is. That's the way you have to do it. If I said any way, the other way, so that's just how it's going to be. I'd be lying. I, I just, I, they take, people take pride in this. I just talk, I'd say it like it is. Wriggle that change in their pocket. I, I say it like it is. I know you do. I'm saying it like it ain't. Because it, what ain't is what's going to make it is the way I want it. This one guy, he's a good old boy. Change in the pocket. He's he one of my kind. Oh, good old boy, man. I say it like it is. I said, no, you don't. Yeah, I say it like it is. I said, no, you don't. You don't say it like it is. What do you mean? Well, if you have a dog, and you go out every morning, and you feel, put 
some food out for that dog, and the dog's not there, you can't see him. They don't sit down on the doorstep and say, my dog's not here, my dog isn't here, oh God. Lord, help me, my dog's oh, not here. It's just the fact that it's true, the dog isn't here. And all morning they sit there and just, I, oh, my dog ain't here. There's no dog, I don't have a dog. And finally a neighbor comes over to you and says, hey, man, what are you doing, man? Man, I have, I have, I, my dog's gone, man. I brought food here, the dog ain't here. I don't have a dog, that's my need, that's my deficit, that's what I have. There's no dog here. And so the neighbor says, hey, let me ask you a question. Have you tried calling the dog? That which you can't see. Can't see him. You don't just say, well, he's not here. The dog, I don't have a dog. I can't do that. I got to say it like it is. The dog is not here. The dog is gone. Well, the truth is the dog is gone. And the dog may never be there unless he does one thing. Call your daggum dog. We just call you dog. <laughs> Larry Lewis! There they come. There they come. Well, why would you whistle and call something that you can't see? If you're going to live like it is, you just sit there and give up and say, Look, I, don't, I ain't putting no more dog food out because there's no dog. I can't see the dog. He's not here. I'm not even going to put no food out anymore. But the fact is, when it comes to a dog, they don't relate it to being, I say it like it is. They'll call what they don't see. We have totally separated natural principles and spiritual principles. And we should never do that. Let me tell you why. Because there are parallels between the two. What, what you did here with this dog when you say, I only speak the truth, I only, that's a lie to say my dog's here when he's not here. Well, that's not true because every day people call their dogs. Raise your hand if you ever called a dog before. Yeah. I got to tell you a story years ago. I was 16 years old, just got my car, and we, me and my buddy went to this girl's house. And we were kind of partying or whatever, and we, we thought we were tough. Man, we were just acting tough. And we're sitting on that girl's front porch. And all of a sudden, we heard, trouble, trouble, here trouble. I said, they're looking for trouble. They come to the right place right here. Oh, I'm trouble right here, Joey. They found it. And what it was, this little, two little old ladies lost their little chihuahua called trouble. And they were calling for trouble. I'll give them some right now. I told them, he said, I thought you were, went to a bar one time and ordered a glass of milk. And the guy said, I thought you were tough. I said, put it in a dirty glass. I'll tell you right now. I'm trouble. There's parallels between the natural and the spiritual. I got to tell you that the natural principle is this. If your dog ain't there, whatever you call in the natural will come to you. There are guys in this church the prolific, most prolific one here that I'm probably aware of is Todd. He'll call a turkey in for you. We, under, we know what, it, how, what it's like to call something in. 
We know how to call somebody that we can't even see. And I want to tell you, more powerful than that, whatever we call for in the spiritual realm will come as we act on the Word of God and we call those things that be not as though they were. And we release out of the heavenlies everything God's out of His good treasure, His riches and glory in Christ. We can learn to release them into our lives and bring to naught the trouble, the pain, the sickness, the sadness, the poverty, the lack, the unbelief, the darkness, the pain, all of those things that you can't avoid in this life. Did you hear what I just said? You're not going to avoid it unless we raise the bar of faith. Right now, we have limited the Holy One of Israel. Our faith, we've only developed it to a little bit of faith. And so we're limited. We want great things to happen. I've asked you, and I've prayed, and I've helped, wanted to help teach you how to have at least enough faith to believe that you're going to make it through harsh circumstances without getting mad at God. But be, you should be happy with God if you survived. When the doctor looks at you and says, look, man, you're going to, we're going to stop your heart and cut it open. And, and you don't fear because you've already, God's already heard you and you've already called faith to overcome and bring fear to naught. When the doctor gives you that bad report, you don't you're not afraid because you know that thou art with me. When you, you're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death sometimes if it's nothing more but when you die. Can I tell you, it's going to happen. Y'all hear me? It's going to happen. That we know, that's certain. But I've even have faith to know that the same way that I'm dead, I have already, God has already heard me and Gabriel, the archangel, will shout with the last trump. And what is not? I'm dead. I'm not alive. Life will come into this dead body. Same principle. And raise me up unto immortality. God bless y'all. I want to I say this. I appreciate those that are tithing here. Those that are joined to us. I hope you continue to listen. It's a blessing. If we're a blessing to you and you're being fed, then you should share with me financially. But I, I would like to see those that are joined to me, that you will continue to, to tithe and give offerings. And we'd love for you to come and be with us sometimes. And I appreciate all the warm uh, notes and, and uh, Facebook posts that you give me. God bless you.